the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Pastor Scott Show. Always going to be with you. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You can join the conversation. We take the issues of the day and look at them from a Christian perspective. I was surprised, although I'm glad that this is over, but surprised that the Republicans actually picked a speaker today. I I thought they probably wouldn't. And to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't even talk about it much other than to make a joke about uh, kind of the clown show that that's uh, been. It's been, you know, clown shows a little overused these days, but uh, it's kind of a circus, right? Kind of a clown show. <laughs> What's going on? The interesting thing is that no one's going to remember this, uh, you know, politically speaking a year from now, nobody will care. And honestly, I probably wouldn't have said, but the person they picked um, is, uh, his name is Mike Johnson. And uh, have you heard of Mike Johnson? Have you guys heard of, hey, Jose Wilbert, have you heard of this Mike Johnson guy before today? N- no. No. And uh, Jose, you ever hear from uh, Mike Johnson? I mean, you do the uh, political shows around here, uh, do some work for them. Had they ever talked about this guy beforehand? Uh, I've never heard of him. And I don't think they've talked about him before today. Yeah. So The Morning Answer, our sister station, Jose, works on that program in the morning on uh, sister station here in L.A., KRLA. Do we hear more about him now? Yeah, because he's now the Speaker of the House. But was he like the safe choice? Well, he was he whatever it was, he was the fourth choice. <laughs> not always, you know, uh, not always the best uh, thing to get down to your fourth. He's like the choice you make when you argue with your girlfriend or your significant other about what you want to eat. <laughs> That's kind of a good way to describe how this whole conversation went, I think. Uh, he did get all all of the uh, Republican votes, though, so he actually was unanimously selected, and he kind of came out of nowhere. I said this the other day that. Uh, we have 435 people in the Congress. There's 200 and something Republicans. Is there, out of that group, you know, how many people can you name? You know, I bet most people can barely name, you know, seven or eight, even if you're into politics. I bet you can't name more than 20 or 25. And that leaves 175 more people on the Republican side alone. Isn't there some leadership? Isn't there somebody that uh, people can say, hey, you know what, I'll do it? Well, it got to... Um, to Mike, uh, I keep wanting to say Michael Jordan. He's Michael Johnson. Um, and uh, I didn't know anything about him, probably wouldn't talk about him. But I do want to play some things because he, he, he is a Christian. And uh, once again, I don't know more about him than uh, what we're learning today. And I was reading a, um, a opinion piece in the New York Times today. You know, so, and this is typical politics. So I think what he will do eventually, how he will do as Speaker of the House, and it's an important role, and, you know, because he is – Third, second in line to the president's. Okay, so if something were to happen to uh, 
Joe Biden. Well, it probably would have happened already. But if something were to happen to Joe Biden, then Kamala Harris could become president. But if something were to happen to both of them, then he becomes president. That's how close he is. So the Speaker of the House, it matters, of course, for that. But it also matters because the House of Representatives and and the whole Congress just about at this point can't function unless there's a speaker. They all of this stuff that's happening that uh, Biden might be requesting money and, uh, you know, the Congress has got work to do lots of and they can't do any of it without a speaker. Nothing. Uh, so he's the speaker. And uh, that happened just today. Therefore, the Honorable Mike Johnson of the state of Louisiana, having received a majority of the votes cast, is duly elected speaker of the House of Representatives for the 118th Congress. So this is some of what he had to say. And uh, some of it I found to be interesting. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. I want to say to the American people, on behalf of all of us here, we hear you. We know the challenges you're facing. We we know that, uh, that there's a lot going on in our country, domestically and abroad, and we are ready to get to work again to solve those problems, and we will. Our mission here is to serve you well, to restore the people's faith in this house, in this great and essential institution. So he says those things, which are are good things to say, I think pretty typical. But then he said this, and I want you to listen to this. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is very clear that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it, and to ensure that our republic remains standing as the great beacon of light and hope and freedom in a world that desperately needs it. So he gives his uh, a Christian testimony, and he talks about how he believes, and I would agree, that our leaders are ultimately selected by God, that God has a plan through everybody. And I appreciated it that he didn't make that just about himself, that he made it about everybody in there, Democrat, Republican, and Independent. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is very clear, that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And I believe that to I believe that to be correct. You know, place where I get in trouble whenever there's an election, and I've been in trouble with both sides. You know, for this, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in the book of Daniel when Daniel is interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian leader, has this dream, and Daniel interprets it. And in the dream, one of the things that is explained is how Nebuchadnezzar was going to lose his throne and then uh, go crazy and uh, come back. That happens, right? But there's a verse in there that describes how God is in charge. Keep in mind that Bab- this is a pagan king. This is not an Israeli king. This is not a Hebrew king. Okay, This is not a king of Israel. It's king of Babylon. And at this point in the exile, uh, Daniel is a servant of the king, and he says this. Uh, the decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over the lowliest of people. Where I've gotten in trouble before is that in the last few elections, I put that verse out on my social media like before the election. So I think whenever, uh, whenever Barack Obama got elected, I put that out there. 
And man, I heard from people on the right so upset that I would put that out there. It's like, well, I'm sorry, but he got elected. And uh, my point of view is that uh, this is God's will. And it doesn't mean that God agrees with everything Barack Obama wants to do or would do or thinks, but it is God's plan. And then what I found also interesting is whenever Donald Trump got elected, I put the same verse again out there on my in 2016, and all the people on the left got mad at me for the same reason, right? And this is probably the he's not my president crowd, you know, on both sides. Uh, and he is your president. You know, Joe Biden is our president. He just is. Whether you voted for him or not, whether you think there was cheating or not, he is, in fact, the president. He is, in fact, the one making the decisions, or somebody in his name is making the decisions, if you get into that. But uh, whatever is happening, God is not out of control of it. And, you know, when you look at the world this way, it it's raises some hard questions. So when we have evil leaders who come up and evil kings, you know, where where's God in that? What's he doing? Um, But there is a call for people who are in leadership to serve the Lord, whether they know him or not. I believe that all leaders will be held to account uh, for what they did in that with that stewardship that they were given. I believe that all leaders at some point will be called before Christ. Whenever we stand before Christ and everybody will, that if you've been given leadership, including political leadership, you'll be called to account for what you did with it. You know, did you leverage it for the good of the people you were there to serve, or did you leverage it for the good of yourself? Um, And woe to many of our politicians and politicians throughout uh, the world. Um, God is accountable for that. So anyway, I was interested that Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, would say this uh, about his becoming Speaker. And yeah, I would say it's true. Nobody expected him to be Speaker even just a few days ago. In fact, most of us still don't really know who he is. Uh, he continued with this. This is, By the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. If you would like to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Mike Johnson continues. It was in 1962, in 1962, that, that our national motto, In God We Trust, was adorned above this rostrum. And if you look at the little uh, guide that they give uh, tourists and constituents who come and, and, and visit the house, if you turn in there to about page 14 in the middle of that guide, it tells you the history of this. And it says very simply, these words were placed here above us. This motto was placed here as a rebuke of the Cold War era philosophy of the Soviet Union. That philosophy was Marxism and communism, which begins with the premise that there is no God. This is a critical distinction that is also articulated in our nation's birth certificate. We know the language well, the famous second paragraph, that we used to have children memorize in school, and and they don't do that so often anymore, but they should. G.K. Chesterton was the famous British philosopher and statesman, and he said one time, America is the only nation in the world that is founded upon a creed. And he said it's listed with almost theological lucidity in the Declaration of Independence. What is our creed? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, not born equal, created equal. And they are endowed by the the same inalienable rights, with the same inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That is the the creed that has animated our nation since its founding, that has made us the great nation that we are. And he went in to talk about that. I thought, I don't know that I can think of any Speaker of the House who has um, made these statements about his own Christian faith. 
I think there have been other speakers maybe who've been Christian. He's an evangelical Christian, okay? Southern Baptist, I think, is where he comes from. And uh, he's got a podcast he does with his wife, a Christian podcast, apparently, that he does. He's kind of a – I don't know how many Congress people have their own podcast. Seems like a politically dangerous thing to do or that you – you know. but if you, nobody knows who you are, I guess you have a podcast. Um, he talks about In God We Trust above the rostrum there. I don't know if you've noticed it, but ingrained in the, the marble that is right behind that podium, right behind that uh, – you know, where you see whenever you watch a State of the Union address, you have the president and then behind the president is the vice president and the Speaker of the House. They're the two people sitting in that chair and uh, trying not to look awkward on TV. Above them, etched into the stone, is are the words, in God we trust. And he's right that that motto was installed because of our fight with communism. Because at the end of the day, one of the reasons that communism turns into a murderous and evil regime is because there is no God. And you, in communism, you basically have to make the state your God. And there can be no authority higher than the state. And as soon as you do that, as soon as there's no authority higher than the state, it means that all of your rights are in jeopardy. It means that anything that a human being should you know, be given that we would call as Americans you know, our, uh, our, our rights that are um, automatic, our rights that are self-evident, our rights that are endowed by our creator, we would say. You can't have that in any government system where the state is the ultimate authority. That if you believe that, then the state can give you rights, but then the state can take them away, and the state is justified in doing both. And part of what we have tried to do as Americans is say the state does not have that authority, that all people are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the government exists, it goes on to say, that document, government exists to protect those rights that it did not create. That's a huge deal. And the reason that in God we trust is on the money and it's in the, in the you know, it's our motto is political. It is a statement that says our system is better than your system. The reason we have freedom and the reason you do not, oh, Soviet Union, as we were really targeting back then, it's rooted in the idea that we believe that there is a God. And we have, while we have freedom of religion, we do believe that there is a God who gives us our rights, that it comes from a source higher than the state. And, you know, I was impressed that he did that. So I don't know uh, that he talked about that. I don't know much more about him other than he's Christian. The The New York Times article, uh, this is an opinion piece, okay? So the person, you know, this is this is typical. So the, the left is going to smear him as uh, some right-wing crazy. And if this were, if this were the reverse, okay, there would be a, a uh, article somewhere on the right saying that whoever the left person is is a left-wing crazy. You eventually will figure it out by whatever it is they actually do. And he's got a tough job because part of the reason that the House issue is such a a calamity is because it's almost equally divided, Democrats and Republicans. Five votes is the difference. And when you have a body that's that close, it's hard to get anything done. It's certainly hard to get anything done that that seems to be more partisan or one way than the other. And both sides would have that problem. In a way, that's how our government is designed, actually. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a flaw. Uh, The idea is that the more the people begin to understand that something is the right policy, they will vote for the people who support that policy 
um, more often. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. Does it make you glad to know he is an outspoken Christian person with a outspoken Christian testimony? Does that matter to you? Uh, does it concern you? What is uh, your feeling about that? So the Speaker of the House, the new Speaker of the House, we don't know much about him, uh, Mike Johnson. He's a little-known Louisiana Republican. He is now the Speaker of the House. And uh, he is, according to this New York Times article, and this is what I think is kind of funny, an evangelical Christian that says he voted for a national abortion ban. Okay, well, a lot of other people did, even people who aren't Christians voted for that, co-sponsored a 20-week abortion ban. You know, 20-week abortion ban is pretty tame when it comes to abortion bans, by the way. Almost all abortions are long before 20 weeks, almost all of them. And uh, the abortion bans that are the subject of many states are between 6, 12, and 15. You know, the the Mississippi ban that led the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade ultimately was a 15-week ban. So 20 is not exactly extreme, uh, I think, by anybody's uh, counting. Um, but he got an A-plus rating from the anti-abortion group Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. We've had those people on the show before. Um, on the day, and this is this is meant to be critical of him, on the day the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, he celebrated, calling it, quote, an extraordinary day in American history that took us almost half a century to get to, unquote. Uh, okay, you know, I think that uh, half the country feels that way. Right. It's it's I don't know. It's it's just interesting to me that that is phrased in such a way that, oh, he's such a terrible guy. Well, half the people think that Um, he did propose a bill that uh, wanted to prohibit the use of federal funds for providing sex education to children under 10. Uh, That included any LGBTQ topics uh, and, you know, I think most people actually, even a lot of LGBTQ people, frankly, agree with that, that we don't need to be teaching any of that to kids under 10. It, you know, so I don't I don't find it that extreme, actually. And that's how they're going to portray uh, him. Maybe we're going to find out that uh, he's uh, got a whole bunch of uh, different points of view on different things. We'll see how he leads. I'm mostly interested in the fact that he decided to make a very straightforward Christian claim about leadership, that God put him there. And I was grateful that he said that God put everybody in there, because I think that part of putting our country on the right track is we've got to realize that there is right and wrong, and that it's not just all about power, and that we are accountable to somebody. If you find yourself in leadership somewhere, you are given a stewardship of that for a brief period of time. And you got to do the best you can with it. And as a Christian, I think you got to do the best you can um, as a Christian um, with respect to what God wants you to do with it. He continued uh, with this in his speech. I call them the seven core principles of American conservatism, but let me concede to you all, I think it's really quintessentially the core principles of our nation. I boil them down to individual freedom, limited government, the rule of law, peace through strength, fiscal responsibility, free markets, and human dignity. Those, those are the foundations that made us the extraordinary nation that we are. And you and I today are the stewards of those principles, the things that have made us the freest, most powerful, most successful nation in the history of the world, the things that have made us truly exceptional. So those seven principles, they are 
what most Americans believed, like maybe some different beliefs in the middle of those, you know, and how to interpret them and how to do policy. But that is what uh, has made us into the nation that we are. Uh, I wonder how many people still believe in that. He called him conservative, but then I think he rightly said, no, no, this is really everybody, uh, or it should be. Uh, Anyway, I've got to, you know, I hope that he turns out to be a good leader. What I'm looking at for anybody in our political office right now is leadership. And in doing that, I think part of leadership is, is that you persuade people who disagree with you to come on board. That it's not just, I'm going to get you know, all but four Republicans to vote my way, and then I can be successful. That might be what you have to do, uh, and often that is in our politics. But I think that the kind of leadership we need in our our world today, in our country today, and our world, are leaders who understand that they're given a stewardship by God, and they need to manage that appropriately because they're accountable to God at the end of the day. I hope he really believes that. I think he does. And I hope the way it plays out, though, is that he is not just merely trying to win votes, but that he is trying to persuade people. Um, There are certain things I think that most Americans believe in, and I think in the heart of most people they believe in, um, and we've just been torn apart in so many different ways. It requires leadership, and that's something to pray for. The Bible is very clear that we are to pray for our leaders, to pray for them, Regardless of whether or not we agree with them, we need to pray that they have good policy. We are on the brink of war in a couple of places. We have enormous debt that most people doing the math think eventually will catch up to us and be bad. There is tremendous division in our country that I think is the worst thing because a house divided against itself cannot stand. Maybe we are in a place where this is going to turn around. That's the hope that I would have for him and uh, for anybody else who finds themselves in uh, political leadership moving forward. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. You know, also, Poppy, some things stand out in their, the mundane necessity, right? You're talking about tunnels. We know these tunnels have ventilation. We know that they've been known to have air conditioning. They've got, this has all been reporting that we've heard from the Israelis over the years. But the fact that she's saying she was held underground for more than two weeks, um, that there was shampoo, there was antibiotics. There was a guard per hostage in the experience she had. Uh, that there were medics and paramedics, and obviously she is elderly. The other woman who was released also elderly and had medical needs, and that they had the medicine needed, and if not, something uh, similar to replace it. Um, it is pretty stunning because you've got to contrast that with what's happening above the ground, right? Where there isn't water, never mind shampoo. Okay, they don't have water. They're using toilet water. There is no morphine for any kind of uh, amputations. Antibiotics, no, right? But Hamas had stockpiled all of that and has all of that underground. And that's what we're learning from her. That is CNN reporting on a hostage that was released. Uh, Her name is Yoshivid Lifshitz. And uh, she uh, was 85 and released. She told an interesting story. And, you know, that clip by itself is sort of being played. And some people are saying, see, the uh, Hamas guys are pretty nice. 
you know, they have all this stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, if you're ever taken hostage by somebody, they're not nice, just so that you know, uh, especially if you're an 85-year-old woman. Um, and especially if uh, they took you hostage probably to use you to uh, to place you right next to the uh, missile before it explodes later on, uh, which is what they typically do. She actually said in the interview that she went through hell, she said, and uh, she was beaten and uh, on the day she was captured. Um, and that she shook. There's a picture that uh, CBS News and other places put out where she's shaking the hand of a Hamas militant. Um, but she said... Partly is because she's scared, partly because they she does say that they treated her well, uh, which does happen sometimes. It's really interesting when you kind of realize how much preparation has gone into this. CNN uh, continued to report it this way. You know, we saw that in the plans that we've seen taken from the bodies of Hamas uh, militants who were killed in the terrorist attack. You know, that it lays out what they were going to do in every single kibbutz. And it also laid out very explicitly in the ones that I've had a chance to read what they were going to do with hostages. Take as many as possible. Here's the communal uh, eating area in this kibbutz. This is where they go. This is how you get there. Here's the map. It's circled. Take the the hostages there. So that was very much a part of the printed plan. And now you see the other end of it, the level of preparation that went into it. But again, in the mundane reality of having feminine hygiene products, shampoo and antibiotics, uh, it is those very specifics, I think, that are most striking. You know, it's um, I think there's a lot in that story that's striking that the hostages weren't just taken randomly, that this was a plan. And, you know, I think that is it's a big part of this story here that people are being taken for a reason. And you know, I don't know why you take people who are 85, but uh, they did and uh, they let them go, which we're grateful for. And, you know, I hope that they let go all the hostages. That's what Hamas should do. The president actually said that the other day. They, they should let go all the hostages. Just let them go. Uh, I don't think it's going to stop the eventual invasion that is going to happen. Um, but. The other thing I thought that was striking from that story is that the people above ground, see Hamas has dug all these tunnels. What they do with the money that we send them and other countries have sent them is they buy weapons, but they've also been tunneling underground. They have, I guess, this massive uh, underground tunnel system where the militants hide out and the terrorists, uh, they hide out underneath there and make their plans and and do all of that. That's a big part of, uh, you know, if there's ever an invasion, that is going to be a big piece of it. And uh, they were doing that. Um, but they have all that stuff down there, but they're not allowing it to the hospitals, apparently, upstairs. Not to say that CNN has all of that right, but that's the stories that we're hearing from above ground, is that there's no medicine, there's no water, there's no power. There are, you know, there isn't, um, uh, you know, painkillers and things like that for people in the hospitals who are in trouble. And yet underground, there's air conditioning and there's power and there's all the medicine and doctors and everything that you need. That's... uh you know, a, a pretty evil system there. And it's part of uh, what happens when you are all about propaganda, right? You want to say, oh, everybody's uh, doing terribly and look at what they're doing to us on the surface. But underground, we have all the medical care that you need. We have power. We have all this stuff uh, going on. And look at us. We're letting go of the old person and uh, look at how good we are. It's the propaganda that they are uh, doing is amazing. Uh, to think of that, but you got to realize that the whatever the situation is that's coming up, Hamas does not treat Palestinian people well at all and uses them for their own advantage. 
Um, I believe that people on the left and right believe most of the world believes that. If you're struggling with that, then Google it. You're going to find that people who are Democrats and Republicans and most people around the world um, believe that because it's true, that the people are suffering. And there's a lot to be said about Gaza and the idea that it's an outdoor prison. And that's probably not a bad description of it, actually, uh, in a way. But when you blame Israel for all of it, or you don't ask the question, why does Israel wall it off? Why does Egypt wall it off? Egypt is also keeping everybody in the outdoor prison because they don't want uh, people coming over. You have to dig down deep into what is really happening. And Hamas is the problem. Hamas is the ones who keep all of that medicine that keeps the aid and uses it for things other than aid. It's pretty critical. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Critical to understand if you want to understand what's happening over there. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, Ted, City of the Angels. I know why they uh, took care of the hostages and made sure they were okay, because if they're healthy, then they can get their money. Well, why they're useless to- hostages if they're not alive. That's right. That's right. So you're going to make sure... It's just like when you're smuggling uh, um, birds from South America, you're going to do your best to try to make their, sure they're going to survive the journey, even though a lot of them die. But they're going to do their utmost best to keep them very healthy. And uh, when they get their money, they're worth money to them. So uh, I, I think they're evil, and then they planned it all. And everything you said is correct. And... Uh, and I, I, I'm very grateful for the new Speaker of the House. Uh, sounds like a wonderful guy. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I got a question for you, Ted. Do you have experience okay. smuggling birds from South America? It seems like you know you know something about this. Uh, no, but I heard they, they <laughs> smuggle them, and, and they cover them up, their eyes and everything, and a lot of them die. Uh-huh. And, I, and I used to raise birds, I, and so it really hit me hard. Uh, when I heard about that, because I had a hundred pigeons at one time, so you know I had everything in L.A. My dad was raised on a farm, so he let us have everything. So I, I experienced it all. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure that you're not part of some kind of uh, you know underground uh, bird smuggling ring, Ted. Uh, bring it. <laughs> Because uh, that that was not an analogy I thought of, that uh, the hostage crisis in Beirut is a lot like uh, some people who smuggle birds from uh, South America. All right, Ted. And also, I want to thank you for, for playing that tape of 30 years ago for Ronald Reagan. And it just helped me remember just how much uh, a really well-spoken uh, president and feeling like you had a president uh, that was in charge. And that, that just made me uh, remember what America should be about. And that's what we need as a president to be like Ronald Reagan was, a great communicator. Well, thank you, Ted. Uh, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, earlier this week was the the uh, what the thirty year, forty year anniversary of the Beirut bombing. So we played a response that uh, President Reagan had. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'm I'm just enjoying the idea that that Ted has some kind of bird smuggling business going on, and uh, apparently he uh, uh, knows more about that than maybe he should know. <laughs> Hey, uh, you know, do you guys have a bird smuggling? Do you uh, smuggle in birds from uh, South America? Have you, uh, you know, do you, uh, 
bring in some birds. You know, Wilbert, extra things about birds, like what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Any idea? Oh, no idea. No idea. You know, just uh, just reminds me of a whole lot of stuff there right now. I got to get my brain back to the, the seriousness of the... <laughs> of the topic there, but, uh, you know, people smuggle all kinds of things. I tell you what, I counseled somebody one time who her, her ex-husband was in prison for, for terrorist threats. And, uh, he was a smuggler of cigarettes into uh, Russia is what he used to do. Really? Yeah. And, uh, she said that, yeah, he would get on the plane in Russia dressed as a woman and smuggling cigarettes in different places in his dress and whatever. I guess you can imagine how you might do that. And then he'd get off the plane as himself in the United States, uh, smuggling in all the cigarettes somehow. That was kind of his routine. And uh, then they had some uh, marital problems, and he threatened to blow up the building, which landed him in prison, uh, which it probably should. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, people are smuggling things, I guess. Has <laughs> anybody smuggling birds or cigarettes? elsewhere. I smuggled East German marks out of East Germany when I was there as a kid. I had them in my shoes. It was very illegal. And I still have them, by the way. I don't think they're worth anything. I thought by now they'd be worth something, but they're completely worthless. Wow, little Scott trying to invest. I know. I had coins in my shoes, and uh, they came on the bus. I'm not kidding, with Uzis right in your face, you know, asking you all kinds of questions. I lied to that man. Uh, Did you, uh, are you bringing across any money? Nope. Uh, I'm not. I remember saying that. Me and my friend Jason, and uh, we had uh, loads of East German money uh, that uh, was not worth it at the end of the day. It wasn't worth anything and still is not worth anything as far as I know. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm going to take a break. You can follow the Pastor Scott Show by uh, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just follow us at Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch us live at kkla.com. All right, I see your call up there, uh, Marcos. I'll get your call when we come back. The number again is 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. You know, I was thinking in the break, I should have asked, you know, Ted more about the uh, birds that apparently he's smuggling up from uh, Central America. I wonder if he has any coconuts in his yard and how they got there. You know, that's actually really common. That uh, swallows uh, carry uh, coconuts from uh, tropical that areas just into bring seeds uh, from other places. The what? <laughs> what? Uh, people just bring a bunch of seeds from other places that they're not supposed to. Oh, seeds? Well, you, don't coconuts? Where well, they grow in some kind? Oh, of, coconuts? Yes, yeah, coconuts. I, mean, like, you know, uh, I have I, family members. I'll yeah. Say well, that, I'm making uh, an old, uh, an old movie uh, reference here. You know about the difference between an African or European swallow, and uh, you know when you're king, you have to know some things. See if anybody catches on. Hey, I'll get your calls here in a second. By the way, if uh, we have an event coming up that I want to let you know about, and if you're married or you know somebody who's married, this event is for any married couple. It's called Resist the Drift. And Resist the Drift is a marriage conference. It's November 3rd and 4th. It's put on by Focus on the Family. And, you know, I think that if wherever you're at in your marriage, this is a great thing to go to. It's put on by Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley from Focus on the Family and Salem Media Group. And they're going to share their story about what they've learned as they've moved from roommates to soulmates. You know, when you get married, you know, one of the things that happens is you get busy. And, you know, men 
what we tend to do is we're romantic and we're chasing, uh, you know, our, our spouse around or our, our girlfriend around who becomes our, our fiance. And uh, then sometimes that stops. And what's romantic has to become something you put in your calendar. And uh, both ways, you know, there's things that you want to do to uh, get the spark back or to even start a fire if it's gone out, which it has for some people. So I would encourage you to go to this it's November 3rd and 4th, regardless of where you're at in your marriage. If you're really struggling or if you are doing great, but you just want a, a tune up or even just a great weekend, these are fun to go to. It'll be a lot of fun. I'll be there Friday night. I look forward to seeing you there. November 3rd and 4th, Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim. You can get tickets now by going to kkla.com. Click on the Resist the Drift banner right there on the front and uh, get your tickets now it's coming up next weekend november 3rd and 4th calvary chapel east anaheim good from anywhere in uh, southern california for very central you can get to that all right 888-528-2557 let me get to the phones here marcos in covina welcome to the pastor scott show all right pastor scott thanks for having me on yeah uh, excuse any nerves that go on here uh I just wanted to share that you at the beginning spoke about uh, this new Speaker of the House, Mike, and I didn't I, I was going to Google his last name. Uh, but, Johnson, Michael Johnson. Mike, Michael Johnson. You said that he had been the fourth pick. Well, yeah. Sunday at church, I, w- I was invited to go see the Casting Crowns by a friend who had asked his wife, his son, his two daughters. They said no, which made me the fourth pick. <laughs> Sometimes it's good <laughs> to realized, be realized, the... well, as I thought about it, and I thought, man, I was the fourth pick, but... He still, he loves me enough that it asked me after his family. So yeah, that's so that's pretty good. That's pretty good uh, to be in that level of the fourth pick. Now, if you're the fourth friend, you know, well, that's a little lower down on the uh, totem pole there. <laughs> right. But uh, maybe I you're going to have a good a time, and maybe it's God ordained. You're going to have a great time at uh, at this concert. All right. Yes. Can I share something else real quick? Uh, um, r- real I really quick. What you, I really believe that what you say about the. God put our leaders where they are that we should be praying for every leader, whether we we agree with their policies or not. We have to. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. You know, I heard this morning somebody say, I don't know if this is true, but it might be. It probably is true that this month is the most critical month maybe of any president since George Bush after 9-11, that the the delicacy that needs to be had by the Biden administration so that this doesn't turn into a much bigger war— um, is pretty significant. Um, maybe we won't think that several months from now. Maybe people look back and go, oh, "It was nothing." But right now, it's a big deal. It's why you got to pray for uh, for Biden and for our leaders because they're the ones making the decision. Ultimately, uh, not us. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Dan in Simi Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you and your show. And uh, yeah, I did get your Monty Python reference immediately. <laughs> All right, excellent. Um, <laughs> I figured there would be people out there tracking. Yes. So, uh, Is it and, an African you know, or a European I, swallow? I should have said that to Ted. <laughs> Um, You know, with all the heaviness that's going on just in the world, and I I just, you you kind of just with that, with that uh, other interview about the uh, smuggling, just kind of hit a hit a note on me. Just helped me remember my father and and a light a lighthearted story that he told us when I was a kid. Um, He was an MP in Austria at the end of World War II, and he was uh, part his group was uh, was keeping the peace at the Palace of Justice where the four powers were uh, divvying up Europe after the war. And uh, I guess Austria was like under a police state at the time, something like that. And they just 
hated the fact that they were, you know, under under any kind of military rule. And so mm-hmm. they they hated the Americans. At least this is a story that my dad told me. This was his perspective. So they hated the Americans being there even. And so they would, you know, spit at them and just treat them poorly. And so my dad and his, his uh, squadron, uh, they, they, uh, they found a way to get back at the people who were treating them poorly, and they were not allowed to have cigarettes. Uh-huh. And so the, the Army guys would go and uh, sell them cigarettes. And uh, so, you know, kind of bootleg cigarettes for them on one day. And uh, then when they would leave, the uh, next group would come and confiscate the cigarettes because they weren't supposed to have them. <laughs> so they'd sell them the cigarettes, <laughs> and then they'd get in trouble the next day for having the cigarettes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just thanks for the little bit of lightheartedness amidst everything that's going on today. In All this right. World. Hey, Dan, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks for listening. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Two five five seven. Do you know there's 74 different species of swallows? Had no idea. No idea. 888-528-2557. Sarah in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hello, Pastor Scott. So I was just going to make a comment. Um, I didn't get caught smuggling cigarettes or anything, but I got caught smuggling aliens. But it was people, people. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, people. I, I told the cops, you know, like, um, uh, what kind of good Christian woman would I be leaving them on the side of the road? You know, they offered me money and I do Uber back at home. So, <laughs> so you were smuggling people over the border? Yes. Or like in the trunk of your car or something? <laughs> no, like just getting them across and not in my trunk or anything, but like in the back seat, you know. Oh, they're just Literally, like, in the, like you're in the line, and they're in the back seat, and they check you out, and they don't—they didn't look for uh, ID or anything from somebody sitting back there. No, they do. No, they do. I pick them up after the checkpoint. So wait a minute. I'm, yeah, I'm like once you cross. So once you cross the checkpoint, like okay, so I would drop them off before the checkpoints, and then I would wait for them to let me know when they get crossed through the desert, right? And then I go through the checkpoint myself, and then. Yeah, they drop oh, the location and I pick them up. I see. Yeah. So they're they're crossing the border somewhere where there's a hole in the fence or something, and you just come around to get them. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So you got caught doing that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. I'm glad you, you weren't like stuffing them in their trunk or in the side of you know side panels of a no, trunk or no, something. No. You know, uh, of course, a no. lot of danger no. uh, in doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Sarah, you know, maybe you can help them fill out paperwork and do it the right way. You know, that might be I know, right? you know, another good way to, <laughs> to do that. All right, Sarah, <laughs> thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, you never know what the subject's going to be in the smuggling of things. I'll tell you what, uh, there are, and there's a lot of stories of people smuggling, usually people out of, you know, communist countries and stuff that's happening. I got to go on a story I need to tell you some other time, this, this mission trip to Germany and uh, one time. And uh, the reason it's a story is because the whole mission thing didn't happen. Like the church paid for it, and we got two weeks in Germany, and uh, no, we didn't really do anything. But we did uh, we did get to visit with people who work for a group called uh, – it was Brother Andrew's group. I think they're Open Doors now is what they're called. And we got to see how during the uh, 
the Iron Curtain and the Soviet era, uh, this missionary group would smuggle Bibles into Eastern Bloc countries, into the Soviet Union and Romania and other countries. And they started in Germany or Austria. And uh, they showed us the cars, and they, they would stuff Bibles in the panels, the door panels of the cars, and all of they had all these stories of how they were smuggling Bibles in uh, to those countries. You know, we started off at the beginning of the show talking about the new Speaker of the House and a comment he made about In God We Trust being on the wall behind him in the House of Representatives, and how that was put there because it was a statement about the evils of communism, that it was a... Um, a statement that we understood to be true, that part of the problem of communism, the reason it turns into such a murderous, oppressive regime, and uh, for you young people out there, every time that's how it turns out, um, part of it is because you can't have God. There's no God, and it makes the state God, and as soon as you do that, the state will punish you uh, if you don't agree with it. Um, And people, they banned Bibles. But people smugged, smuggled Bibles in. And Brother Andrew, if you Google them, just uh, Google the story of Brother Andrew. And uh, you'll see how they did that. It's an amazing thing. And people wanted Bibles. And if you're old enough to remember, whenever the Berlin Wall fell and the communism finally collapsed, you know, one of the things that people wanted the most when they came over from those uh, Eastern uh, Bloc countries is Bibles. They knew about the Word of God. Some of them had the Word of God. They were very few, not like today, you can just go to the store and get one or download one on your phone. Um, that's what they wanted. They were hungry for the truth of God. They were hungry for the truth of salvation through Christ. Very hungry for that. And that's just a reminder to us is that the the gospel is such a simple, wonderful story that whoever believes in me would have eternal life, that you are loved, that God loves you, loves the world. And uh, there is forgiveness of sins. There is hope and purpose of life. You find it uh, in the Word of God and in the person of Christ and who He is. And you can't hide that, and it will never fail. And the gates of hell will never prevail over Jesus' church. Uh, It won't. And that's a promise from God. And that should give us some hope today with all the crazy stuff going on, Uh, whether you're dealing with uh, stuff in Israel or you're Ted and you're illegally smuggling birds, which you should probably not be doing. Um the hope that we have is in Christ and not in something else. So check that out, Brother Andrews. I want you to go to kkla.com, sign up for Resist the Drift Marriage Conference, November 3rd and 4th. Check that out. You can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back tomorrow from 3 to 5, everybody. Have a great night. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.